Welcome, pod people, back to another episode of Cinema Demore. I am your hostess, Lexi. With me today, I have... <laughs> Justin? Yeah, there. And... I guess... I guess... Chuck's not going to present himself. Give him a minute. Yeah? Am I rushing things? I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Is your sound even working, Chuck? Or are you being funny? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that helps. All right. <laughs> okay. Chuck's, Chuck's been talking the whole time. I have it? been talking this whole time. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. We thought you were fucking with us. Yeah, nope. we did. But you do it so much. It's just like, it's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, you just go quiet all the time. So we don't know. It's like, Chuck's being difficult. Okay. <sighs> so our last episode. Chuck there... didn't say his name. <laughs> Chuck, go ahead. <laughs> it's in another episode. I'm sure you'll find it and put it in there. Oh, okay. Take it from the, take it from the, <laughs> take uh, it from the informant, informant episode. episode. Right. It's in there. Okay. Actually, I do have audio of him just saying, Chuck, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Perfect. So we had audio issues with our last episode when I was recording. I had uh, internet issues, and so we had a lot of like cutouts and stuff. So uh, there's a big portion of my audio that's not going to be available in that episode. So if it sounds a little strange, we apologize. It was a technical issue on our parts. So I don't apologize for anything. That episode is everything it was meant to be. Yep. It's a shame because it's one of those episodes where I was like completely positive about the film. It had nothing bad to say about it. And, and of course it all gets put out into the void so that, you know, just my negative comments on films remain. So, well, we'll see how this episode goes, (laughs) right? Well, <laughs> this is our final film for Soderbergh month, and this was my choice. And I picked Contagion. And I picked it because I'm unfamiliar with it. I just never saw it. And I remember when the pandemic started that this movie became relevant again. And there was a lot of discussion around it. And so I was like, I need to watch this, but I never put the effort in to really like throw it on. And then it was like, we're covering Soderbergh. And I'm like, oh, this is my opportunity to go back and watch that movie that I didn't bother with at the time. And I like virus movies. So I was like, all right. As I said before, my favorite Soderbergh film is Solaris. But I've already covered that on my other show. So I wanted to cover something different. This was my first view of it. This is a movie you guys are familiar with, right? Like you'd seen it before. Yep. Yeah, we went to the movies together. Okay. Date night. I saw this twice wow. in theaters. So are you guys big fans of this movie? Like, do you think this is a good? No, uh, I don't think either of us really like it. Yeah. I thought it was shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had seen it negative twice in theaters. Yeah, negative. Twice someone had paid pretty... me not to see this movie twice. We're going to be negative now. We're in bizarre. This is a film world. about a virus that is killing off the population and that's pretty much it. Like it's a it's a fairly, I mean, that's it, pretty much it is. It's just this is a st- fairly standard virus film. Um, it has an all star cast, but it doesn't necessarily focus in on anything. It's an interesting progression story wise as far as a virus film is concerned. It's um, probably the least 
Hollywood example of a virus film I've ever seen. Like it's all fairly grounded in reality and it, it handles things in sort of a realistic way. Handles yeah. a good word. However, judging by the way that our country actually handled the pandemic and getting to experience essentially what this film kind of goes through in a lot of ways firsthand, uh, we definitely handle it better in the movie than, than we did in our own reality. And they didn't handle it all. No, that they didn't, well in the but movie. they still handled it better than <laughs> us. They certainly weren't rioting in the streets and throwing their masks on the ground and having a fit, but there were riots. It just wasn't it was more looting. The, um, yeah. Pandemic. It was like anger and, and looting more than anything. I have this on Blu-ray and after I was done watching it, I had it on just too long. So it started one of the features and it's weird because it's a movie. The features that... are exactly 100% like talking about uh, COVID. Yeah. You're gonna say it's, they're like it's 10 years. It, it aged COVID. terribly. Like everyone's talking about like, like, yeah, we're just really trying to educate people that, you know, we'd really need to be prepared for something like this to happen. And, you know, I don't know, we might not be prepared if something like this actually happened in real life. And it's all these people, all those experts that are that keep talking about how, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people don't take this seriously enough. And it's really hard to get funding to, like, make this stuff happen that, you know, what you That's see in this film could happen. Like a, um uh, you, like Jurassic Park dino DNA and they explain how dinosaurs that's the other one yeah yeah that's what I watched it was like a six minute thing and it was like if you just wash your hands you'll save a million lives and it just goes through all the it's like what would happen if a pandemic it like yeah this is, uh, cities would have to shut down and this would have to shut down and people would have to quarantine and it wasn't a hundred percent accurate but it was pretty damn close to what <laughs> so what maybe happened. maybe yeah. this is like Q Q was like, ah, I'm going to make that happen. And he watched that movie and like actually made the pandemic. Q is Jude Law. He's just yeah, actually. Yeah, he is. He's Jude, Jude Law. Law. He's he in is, real life. Jude he is Law in is the, inspired by the movie. He is in the, uh, in the like behind the scenes, the other special features that are on there. Like he does almost talk exactly his character. And he's like, he's like, I do think it's a good idea for maybe we should question maybe. Maybe it's not always the best thing that they're telling us. Like 100% know, is like, like his own have, character. You are like pushing this, like basically the horse tranquilizer. And yeah. He's 100% Which is like guy. Like, when everybody like, was like taking the, the fish stuff. Real. The, yeah. Whatever it is. They were like buying it from fish stores and like using this thing. That's like, yeah, you create, you got a, pro you made a profit off of, of this virus and he's like hell yeah i did he's like everybody did i should he's just not get as a little bit of mine as the people that actually were profiting off of this stuff well he's reality, one of those but... british ones he's very realistic for that because there's a lot of those british conspiracy theory guys he, he did that well i just love this stuff where they're like you're you're not a real writer i am a writer you're a, you write blogs that's not writing. print is dead <laughs> yeah he yeah he's 100 the alex jones type like He's all like about a more the conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. He 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 sounds slightly smarter, but that's definitely he he's predicting. Yeah, the, it, it is weird how much stuff is predicted in this film, almost very specifically to exactly what happens with with COVID of like people just not being prepared enough, like stuff not being rationed off properly. Almost they, starts in the same place too, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, China, it starts in China. And like, like it's a respiratory based <laughs> disease. It's it like affects mm -hmm. your respiratory system. 
It was bats. It they, was, it was bat, DNA, bat DNA. In the they had wrist. Yep, they had wristbands instead of the COVID cards. Yeah, yeah. The only thing though, it wasn't a shot. I was, was going to say that's spray, completely but. ineffective as an, uh, an immunization tactic to spray anything up your nose. That's not. That's not an immunization. I don't think it is because Soderbergh would have done his research and he would not have put it in the movie. <laughs> nah. if it wouldn't have been. It's, he definitely consulted especially, a lot of especially when you think that the stuff. first trial test is an injection in the woman's leg. So I don't know why sticking it up your nose would be an effective tactic. That was like my, my one. I think they went with that because it's probably like they, they probably did the research of that would be a more a more effective way of distributing it. Because that was the that was the big problem with the COVID one was once you like it doesn't stay and then they had to put it in those the tubes and once you open them then you can only use yeah. it in a certain amount of time instead mm-hmm. of like those single use like I have a feeling it probably yeah there might be like a better way of getting it but I'm sure they like studied that that would be that's the way that they would recommend is the most efficient way to distribute it to as many people as possible without wasting the doses or I've, something I've like that I've never had a uh, vaccination put up my nose so i don't know everyone i've ever had has been injected because i don't know how you would get it into your bloodstream through your nose like there's some aspects of that but you would get it in your bloodstream if you breathed in it like how do you think cocaine gets in your bloodstream <laughs> yeah I don't, or yeah. you smoke if you smoke yeah. it gets in your bloodstream yeah. that way too didn't seem that effective to me but regardless of that that was my my biggest it was extremely effective in the so, movie. Something I thought was interesting in this film was the willingness to kill, not the big actors, but like main characters. It felt like, like we started following that one researcher and then she gets like sick immediately and then dies. And I was like, I just did not expect that. But then it's like a lot of like the people working on it get killed because they just don't know what they're dealing with. And that goes back to like, well, she knew what she was dealing with, but she just wasn't. Well, they didn't have a vaccination yet. So even though they like had a vague idea, they didn't have enough to, you know, deal with it or treat it properly. So it was interesting. Yeah. And we never had to deal with a lot of, but it was interesting to see like the workers having to bury their own researchers and stuff. And like how that's another thing that we also went through was like watching like first responders all like fall because they were the only people that were, able to go out and deal with it at the moment and then we lost a lot of like first responders a lot of like nurses and doctors and people who were working on covid before there were any solutions so yeah this movie's kind of eerie on like how dead on it is i almost didn't like it the second time like i think it is a good movie (laughs) a well-made movie but it was really hard to stomach watching it because it was just like it, it has to be you know all the Simpsons memes where it's like the Simpsons yeah, predicting yeah. the future. Yeah, I know. It's, I know it's not a prediction as much as it was just statistically what would at, probably realistically happen if this happened. But holy shit! Like yeah. that's another one. That's another one of the uh, one of the experts that they have in there in the other like behind the scenes thing is that's exactly how he phrased it. He goes, "It's not a matter of if; it's just a matter of when." Like, and he's and again, this movie was made ten years before. COVID-19 but that guy's already flat out saying he's like it's just when it's gonna happen he's like because it it will happen at some point we will have a some sort of virus will come about that we're not aware of that that will do something like this so again there's the people that already worked for the World Health Organization and the CDC even 10 years ago when Soderbergh's making this movie are just like 
yeah, I don't know. This is probably what's going to happen and this is how it'll go. But he does like, I guess, I guess it does. There are some parts in the movie that at least didn't happen in real life that I guess you could at least be happy for. Like it, they get into like the real, like bad things, like the garbage people go on strike. So we see like later in the film where in San Francisco, there's just garbage everywhere when, when Jude Law is walking around, there's just trash cans and garbage just piled in the streets everywhere. Like, because they they all went on strike and stopped picking up the and garbage. That's the, the greatest fiction right there is the <laughs> yeah. idea that Americans will fight back when they're treated this way because they actually don't. That's the greatest fiction right there because there's absolutely every reason that we should be fighting back in those situations and going on strike and protesting in those sorts of situations. People were fighting, but they to get go. You could lose your job. And they're like, hmm, I do need my job. And so they just keep doing it instead of like going, my job isn't worth this. Because we've been so indoctrinated in this country that working is the end all and be all of existence and that you cannot exist without working. And that obviously you have to pay your bills like that's whatever. But when you discuss things like technology, socialism and modern world where it's unnecessary to have so many people doing these jobs and you can have different things take over those jobs that don't involve people doing them and you choose not to because you've even created a culture of work then that is the keystone to capitalism and causing capitalism to function properly the capitalism is you know drowns out the common sense and the logic so you know that's the one thing that this movie didn't see coming was that <clears throat> capitalism would win out over uh you know health crisis and that people would keep well america didn't know how dumb they were at the time <laughs> they voted for donald trump <laughs> at this point they're pretty fucking dumb right like half, five years later we're in a see totally and that's the other different... thing this movie missed out on was that they country. had a good president in the movie they didn't have donald trump <laughs> i don't even think do we no even you see don't the you just see movie? like the cdc handling basically everything we don't know if he was good yeah we saw yeah. who and we saw the cdc and we also, I like how, like they're like, a meet that board meeting like soon with the, Kate Winslet like very early in and on the move mo- in the movie, where they were talking about we we can't shut this down, we can't take this away from we can't people. shut the schools yeah. down. Yeah, and like, what, what, who's gonna watch these kids? I'm like, oh my god, like it's, I'm having PTSD <laughs> right. listening to this again. Yeah. But like once again, like. I just feel like the movie, everybody was a little bit more rational and a little bit more, there was less Q. I mean, they had that QAnon type character, but like there was less of like a, a whole nation of people marching around indoctrinated by him and like showing that side of things. This like the other fiction too is uh, that the CDC were allowed to come in and do their job and actually take care of things without, somebody coming in behind them and completely interfering at every possible turn. I mean, I guess the gamble was they thought that people would actually be scared in this circumstance and they would want the CDC to be able to do their job and, and save lives, but that is not what Fauci we Fauci can tell you that that's certainly the greatest fiction of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought that we got a, lo- a lot of good stories in this movie. Yeah. Like, it's, there's a couple short films hidden throughout you got Matt Damon. I don't know if you... I guess he's probably more the protagonist than anybody else, even though he's 
in the movie maybe a quarter of the runtime. He feels he feels like he's supposed to be like the just the average person that was affected by this, whereas like every other character's like kind of like an insider, like they work for the CDC or they work for the government. Like he's the only he's the only just kind of average guy that's like this is what's happening in his life that's making but everything he's also crazy. I was gonna say, but he's also husband. immune to yeah. it, and they're not trying to figure out how he can benefit them in some way. They told they explained it. They said that takes too long. Yeah. It'll take too long to just take his blood and make a vaccine from it. Like that's, that's why they fair. have to just d- experiment on monkeys because it's just... awful too. Or like I like that scene where he's just confused and he doesn't know how to handle what's happening to his wife. Yeah, when they're like, "Your wife's dead," and he's like, "He's like, so when can I go see her?" And then his kid, like on his way home, he gets the call that his kid's dying, and they Soderbergh killed that fucking child. Yeah. He's all about he killing them kids. We do. Yeah, that. and then his daughter like shows up and. He's like, I'm glad you weren't here or else you would be dead. And then you do get moments that like of that are like less serious, but based around serious circumstances of the that boy that she's beating that teenage in. boy's ass. <laughs> He's like, it's like it's more than just like get that boy right away from my daughter. It's like he stops them from like touching or kissing. Right. Or, three times They're like the there's movie. a major virus get the fuck out of here but i but i do like the mock prom at the end and he's like i got the brace like i got the shot that's an interesting <laughs> yeah. conclusion i feel like that that was like uh if we were in a more dystopian society that would have been a commercial for make sure you get the vaccine and it would have showed oh, like yeah. a kid like walking up to his to his prom date's house with like with like look at me i got the vaccine like we can be together now also i really liked the prom scene where she had to connect her phone directly to the speaker to be able to play it. Yeah, so old-fashioned. Rocking that iPhone 4 or whatever she had there. <laughs> nope. Like, yeah, the Bluetooth. Yeah. Uh, I liked all the stuff with um, Gwyneth Paltrow. I, I do like, too, where the when he's being interviewed and they're asking about Chicago and he just immediately knows what happened. He's like, there was an outbreak in Chicago? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> she so knows she John been... Neal. Did she? Did she? Did we get this from John <laughs> Neal? Yeah, yeah. I love. I love what he. I yeah. I, I know. I know who's there. Like, yeah. That's. I think. I think that's. Uh, I, this would be an interesting idea if. Uh, so I, I don't think he could do it now because everyone's now that COVID's happened. But yeah, I almost would have been interested in seeing this expanded into like a mini series and get like even. Yeah, I could be there for that. Into some of these characters, like like I did, like the. Uh, the Marion Cotillard stories like good oh, yeah. with that. The guy over in Hong Kong that's they're like really trying to push back against her that she keeps coming up with, you know, it definitely came from Hong Kong and they're like, You're spreading lies, you're you know, it's again, it's the exact same thing as COVID. Like as soon as people were like, It looks like it came from China, they were like, Oh, that's that's racist. You're just you're just being racist. You're blaming China and it's like, Well, but all the evidence is kind of pointing that that's where it came from and they're like, No, don't say that like you can't you have no proof even though and she keeps conclusively showing how here's this person that got it and took it to england and here's this guy and he took it back to his house and here's the guy from japan and he took it back to japan with him like they all came or the from the same place kate winslet saw through the casino footage of being yeah like, you know the one woman's talking and you're like oh that's the uh is that with the uk or i can't remember whether yeah. the other woman that died they're all they're all there and then but I, and then I do like the 
you know, that it gets, it gets a little more personal with like everyone in his village that is slowly dying off because they're all, they're all coming down with it. So their plan is just like hold her hostage to get some vaccines, which then they just end up, uh, giving them fakes just to like get them yeah, off. And that very first scene too, where she's like, it's, it's kind of like scary. What are they going to do to her? And the first time you see her post that scene, she's like helping the kids learn how yeah. to see fish and, yeah but yeah that's which which we see she yeah we don't we she, don't like get like a conclusion to her story necessarily because we just see her like go off are, is, is that, that she's gonna died i yeah. guess but she but she leaves that one guy in the airport to like go go back to seemingly help them or tell them that it's a fake and try it i don't know get them get them real vaccines or something it's like the only one yeah. he kind of like leaves yeah, unfinished. It, this film starts in the middle and ends in the middle in a lot of ways like you start at the virus which is like the start of the film but it's the middle of like these people's lives and then you just leap in the middle of their lives it ends with the start of the virus pretty much right is it the last shot like the day yeah one stuff the last shot is is yeah. gwyneth paltrow basically getting infected i i kind of i really do like the subtlety of like you know the bats eating the banana or whatever and then the pig eats it and then that guy's cooking and you're like oh they must eat this but he goes out there and just he's just he like doesn't he doesn't wash his damn hands yeah he doesn't wash his hands actually that's the thing too that i think that soderbergh is really good in this movie is very early on besides how disgusting it is that people are constantly coughing and not covering their mouths it's just like they're like don't touch anything and he's like always has close-ups of like literally every single thing that the person touches yeah, to, to show like the tracing of it but and i also it was like the very small detail of we don't really learn very much about like what that company is that gwyneth paltrow works for but they're the ones that kind of cause it by tearing down the forest which makes the bats you know leave their habitat and go to where like the pig farm is that mm-hmm. gets it all started so it is like a big full circle of like it's a it's, butterfly you know, you effect. Can blame, oh it's the bats and the pigs yeah, it's the bats and the pigs but really it was you know her company that deforested everything and forced them into contact that they wouldn't have had and wouldn't have you know the virus wouldn't right, have existed it's more than a health place. thing it's like an environmental it's chaos issue. theory yeah life yeah. finds a way <laughs> death finds it's a almost way. like it it's more like the butterfly effect thing that you said it's more like yeah. dominoes you know you it is a butterfly effect for sure just not the good one with that's Ash a great movie. one thing that it was interesting to me was that Gwyneth Paltrow was the cause of the outbreak in this movie, but goop. she's also the cause of an outbreak in reality too with the goop products. She had a whole scandal with that stuff. She had all kinds of like health issues and concerns and those fucking jade eggs, man. I mean, she had a candle that smelled like a right. vagina. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. And I would and sell it to people for $8. <laughs> I have a goop candle. Man, there are girls selling their bath water online. I'm like, if I could fucking sell my bath water for fifty bucks a shot, you could fucking have it. <laughs> I'm gonna start selling it on here. That's my new. That's my new. Uh, please visit Cinema Demore's uh, shop at Cinema <laughs> Demore Shop dot com. That's where we'll sell. Our and of course, bath all water. the hosts will now be on Rate My Feet, where you can rate rate our feet <laughs> honestly i think that would be really funny if all our profiles were like links to weird ass places on the <laughs> internet like that. just obscure like fetish so sites. we could we could do listen i i kind of like the idea that we're going <laughs> rate my feet but like we do like a live episode or twitch or something 
and it's like we play with our feet <laughs> like we play the games with our feet that would be impossible but you could do it if you wanted it's not impossible people do it when they don't have arms well, i'm not a, i'm not i'm not that guy from julian donkey boy that guy played yeah. drums with his feet it's so. not it's kind of disappointing that you're that you just don't acknowledge that those people exist when they're clearly yeah. here and they're in julian donkey boy <laughs> wrong director this movie the first time that i saw it i really loved the editing i i really liked that it was more situational than it was about the cast and obviously at this point he can pick up the largest casts of all time i didn't even think about it until this time especially when you were talking about oh i hate oceans the oceans trilogy it's kind of a pandemic oceans movie there's like just as many oh, people. That's, Rachel walked out <laughs> and she's like, what are you watching? She's like, the cast on this is like all star. And I was like, oh, yeah. But, you know, what was weird was I know it's Soderbergh and I know he's a big director and I know he can work with who he wants to work with. But I, I've brought this up before, not on here, but just like in my discussions of film and stuff like that. That sometimes when you make a movie and you have like a lot of roles and you fill like all of those like smaller roles with big, big name actors. Like I I think of Sin City, like there's a lot of roles in that movie that didn't have to be filled by the stars that did. And they're in there for like two minutes and then they're gone kind of thing. And it just seems like a bust. And I was like, this is Gwyneth Paltrow. And I'm like, well, Gwyneth Paltrow is already dead. And then like you said, like, oh, it's Kate Winslet. I'm like, Kate Winslet is going to be the main character. Oh, she's dead. And, and I'm just like. But even Gwyneth Paltrow, like who's dead early, she's throughout the whole movie. Like they keep going back to her. Honestly, that role could have been played by like a lesser actress. And I'm not I'm not saying. Also, no, 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 no. It can't be. Because who else do you want to see get their cranium cut open yeah. and the skin folded onto their head? That's what I was there for. You want Gwyneth Paltrow. There's nobody else. That felt no like substitutes. I, I think that was just his. Uh, I, I felt like that was Soderbergh's like psycho moment. Like that was his homage to that of yeah of yeah. You think that that's who the main character is going to be since it opens on her, and then yeah, he kills her off within five minutes of the movie starting. And it's just like nope, she's not the main character. Don't. Don't keep watching her. So it's like that. That's that. That was I felt like his biggest influence. And the main on, character on is who kills her. Well, and yeah. Matt Damon's great, but once again, like you could have had anybody play it. it. Didn't have to be Matt Damon. I'm not mad that it was Matt Damon. You know what? He deserved a nice relaxing right. role after. But it's like it's it's just interesting because yeah. it's like so many so many big names just like on the screen for like five minutes. That has never bothered me. I don't really care. I know some people would be like jacked that they only got two minutes of screen time from their their actor, but I think we're a little bit different where we watch these movies because of the directors more than the that's cast that's completely fair. I, I'm someone who though, if there's an opportunity to give a younger actor or like a lesser actor an opportunity, just give them the opportunity. We had Dimitri Martin. I love that Dimitri Martin was in mm-hmm. this. I was so excited. That was his leftover. He must have. He must have not been able to work him into the informant. He, that was his only stand-up comedian. He couldn't. So he couldn't get into in that informant. film. He's one of the funniest motherfuckers I've ever seen. His TV show was a brilliant show. I feel like that was my biggest. And he's not funny. No, not at all. Story. Yeah, yeah. He's one hundred percent. But then he was it, funny. Because like think... what he asked was really funny. Like he's like, "What did you do for Thanksgiving?" He has his joke about like, "Oh yeah, thanks for asking me about my holiday." Yeah. He has like a funny haircut and it's funny to see him in that suit, but <laughs> it's pretty serious for most of it. But yeah, I guess you're right. He gets a line. He threw him a bone. 
Yeah. You know what's interesting too? The day that we're recording this, they released the trailer. I don't watch it yet, but they released the trailer for Magic Mike's Last Dance. Oh, the third one. The new Soderbergh yeah, film. Keeping up. With we'll have that, to cover yeah. all three of them. Just like just like I'll I've never seen any of them, so. Yeah. It'll be a the magical first is really good. The second one, I don't really remember too much, but I don't think he, I think he just wrote it I think or he just shot it. it. I think something. he might've shot it. I think, yeah, I think he was, he did the cinematography for, for that. That was all he did. <laughs> was it Channing Tatum who directed it? Too, yeah. Or... Channing okay. Tatum directed that one. Yeah. And then he, and then Channing Tatum's like, I'll do a third one, but I'm, I'm not directing. That. I feel so, like yeah. that's, I that's mean, what's his baby, a, what's like a, Channing Tatum. When when you can say when you can say you had Steven Soderbergh as your cinematographer on your directorial debut, I mean that's big. Well, I mean you're also kind of established. It'd be different if yeah. I made a movie and Steven Soderbergh was my DP, <laughs> and you're like, wait, who is he? Is he the chiseled guy that played Magic Mike? No, uh, it's Justin. He, uh, someone else. And nothing to do with Magic Mike. He's just a big fan. He's, He's just, just a, this guy in Pittsburgh. He said he made a movie. Did you see those movies? You said no, no you I didn't see them. Mike. We saw it for Chuck's birthday, and yeah. I was, was like, I was surprised how good of a movie it was. I wasn't. I was expecting it to be more shallow. Or I uh, I was in a different yeah. place in my life at that time, and I was like, I'm not watching that. I think it's just one. He's he's reached. I don't know when it happened, but he reached Soderbergh. Became one of those directors where he has a movie, and I'm interested in it just because his I agree. name's on it. They say they could be like, uh, it's you know, a f- uh, it's five out of ten on IMDb, and I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I'm so interested in it. So I will say that I was very excited about this movie going into it, and that the both of you kind of hyped it. You were like, don't no, no. blame us. We were no, negative were about the movie. We <laughs> so like when we it. first started, you guys were like, oh yeah, you've never seen this movie, and then you were like. I really like this movie. Well, when you said I really like outbreak movies, I'm like, mm, maybe you won't and like then, this and one. And then we watched The Informant, and The Informant was so fucking good. Such a good movie. And I was like, you guys are like, it only goes up from here. And I was like, hell yes. Like, this is going to be a great movie. And I got to say, like, compared to The Informant, like, no, I was not. I was not as here for this one as I was with the informant. I don't think it was a bad film, but I think it has a very, like I said, like it's fine. I wouldn't say anything bad about it. I think it's a bit depressing and realistic and that kind of living through COVID. There's a bit of a Chuck. Did you, sorry to cut you off Lexi, but Chuck, did you watch this post? Is this the first time you watched it post pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I watched it like two or three times. I think before the pandemic, and I was just I'm I was more impressed with the editing and how he cuts out a lot of the fat and the way that he handles these all these cast members. But watching it now, it fell into the category of it was just it was kind of hard to watch for how realistic it was. And I, it was like watching like a totally different movie this time. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I yeah, I still like the movie, but yeah, it has a. It definitely has a different feel than yeah when I first watched it. Like I, I still, I still like it, and I still think it is a great movie. But yeah, it just, I, it's one of those movies that you can't watch the same after Ever this. Again. Like yeah, it's just after a, yeah, physically it too, experiencing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where it, where there is just a lot. Like give me twelve months. Oh yeah, or something. absolutely. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> 
Yeah. You, yeah. You want like the more fantastical, but I don't know. That's, I mean, that's, that's the things that I liked about it when I first saw it was how, and I, and I don't know, I guess maybe that's where, that's where, yeah, it feels different because even when you first watched it, you had that thought of like, of like just how real it felt. Like he, it was very clear that he did his research and yeah, like for some people, I'm sure it comes off as like a very dry film because like he's trying to make this the most realistic like type of outbreak film he can. It's not like there's really nothing stylized about it at all. There's nothing really over dramatized in the slightest. Like he tries to make this as realistic as possible. And that's just where it's like once, yeah, once, once something like it actually happened, you're like, wow, that was realistic. Yeah. Like he was, he was real with that. Like, and the deaths anything, are not, there wasn't over anything the top either. They just kind of like have a bit of a seizure and then like foam at the mouth, which is pretty realistic too. So it's not even like the, cause I like, I watch a virus movie to be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's terrible. Oh my God. Could you imagine like yeah. that kind of thing? And it's like, and this one feels like it was filmed by like a hypochondriac or like a germaphobe or something. It's like, oh, did you see him touch that? But, pole? You know, oh. I think that you guys are on the money with like, if I had watched this movie when it came out, I probably would have highly praised it. If I would have told people to watch it all the time, I probably would have been a lot more excited and on board with it. Cause it's from a filmmaking standpoint, it's very intriguing. Like how you kind of start like in the middle and then, you go to like the end and then you end the entire. F- we don't really start too far in the middle where we start on like day two. Right. But then like you, you end the movie with the beginning and it's a really clever. You know what? It's just like kill bill. It starts on chapter right. two. Right. Yeah. I just think it's, it's very clever filmmaking. I think it's good. I like all three of these movies and my prediction was that you were going to like zero of them. So I'm happy that you like the informant. At least. Yeah. We at Did least you really think I wouldn't like any one. of these movies. I figured you would like bits of them, but I didn't think there was going to be anything that you overwhelmingly love. <laughs> I like Soderbergh. Like I was not expecting your reaction from the informant at all. I thought you were going to be like, Oh, it's a boring movie about a guy hell no that movie was fucking great (laughs) that was my favorite movie i think we might have covered this year like that was so fucking good but it is weird because it's like the science it this is essentially a science fiction movie that's now science just reality yeah just it's real i like the stuff with is his name uh what's his name john hawks is that his first name the dad I loved him like overhearing about what was going on as he was the janitor and just like that disgust. And I thought that was, he was a good character. And I liked uh... the only thing that didn't make sense was when Lawrence Fishburne was, you know, gave the kid a shot and then he decides to give us the history of a fucking handshake. And then they shake hands. I'm like, they should all be dead from that. handshake. (laughs) They should just continue to be like, Nope. Handshaking also not. So cool. also like, is he not vaccinated? No, Lawrence. Fishburne I didn't take is not. that his dad was no, and the dad's not either. Because yeah, they said that because it was the lottery. That was the that's the only other thing that's like not that didn't actually happen. Like they, I guess we had a we did come up with a better system of getting people vaccinated, which was just to go by like 
the oldest people first, like the most Dude, vulnerable people. Like they literally the most just vulnerable people spun, first, and then half of the people. And, it was the polar the opposite. Yeah, we were throwing vaccinations in the fucking trash because, like you said, they had to be at yeah. a certain temperature, and they're standing there going, "Please, please take these vaccines. Please, we're gonna have to throw it out." Do you like? There, people will just be standing there, be like, "Hey, do you want a fucking vaccine?" And they're like, "Yeah, I'll take it." Or like, we just had a midterm. But, like, if anyone's very specific with Pennsylvania, and you know how the population works, but Pittsburgh, which ends up being very blue, if you wanted a shot in this area, it was, like, really hard to find a shot. But if you wanted, if you looked at, like, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, anything that was within 30 minutes of the city, you could go at any time that you wanted. Because Just go out to Bel Vernon. <laughs> yeah i mean i got a shot where it was like in the middle of the day it was the only one i could get i was like all right i bet you there were th- there were still their shots in manesson <laughs> no they probably would get the shots they only have them at Foodland because it's the only business there uh there's somebody on the street yeah. peddling them they're like hey buddy you want some shots, want some shots? <laughs> you want some of these i love how there shots. was like a store randomly in that town that still sold baby alligators as pets it's like who the fuck is still selling baby alligators as pets <laughs> in in the middle of of Pennsylvania? <laughs> yeah, Manessa. There was like it's all abandoned buildings. There's the school. There's a food land. There's the houses that they listen. There's not a lot going <sighs> on down there, and I know they're trying to t- they're trying to tear down that. There's the coke town. plant with the fucking fifty foot spire of fire. Shooting up into the sky. I mean, I'll be honest with you. You threw me for a loop. I thought you were talking about contagion, and I was like, "What are you talking about? Selling no. alligators?" I'm talking about. I'm talking about <laughs> Pennsylvania. Was, I was like, "Is there something I missed?" You're like, "Yeah, the baby alligators." You were only like 30 minutes from oh, Manesson when I went to your house initially. I'm sure you're further from there now. Uh, your geography is your geography is well, way well, yeah. Manesson is like. Five minutes or less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't drive. Okay. Other people drove me. So I didn't have a car at that exact time, but God, I wish I had a, would have been fucking so much better. Yeah. Overall, this entire year that we've been covering directors, uh, not every one I've gone into like other films, but it was kind of refreshing compared to some of the previous years where we did cover like, a lot of trash and I'm okay, Lexi going back into the trash, but um, it's like a lot of these directors I, I love, but I haven't watched. Their I was happy so to long. come out of the trash. It was very, to. as I was saying to you the other day, it, it kind of reinvigorated my desire to talk about film and do film and discuss film and watch film because like watching garbage for as long as I was and, I was starting to feel very much like disenfranchised by the whole industry. And especially when you're covering remakes, because remakes are never, never a good thing necessarily. Like the best era for as far as quality of remake is concerned, like genuinely is the eighties. It's when you really get your best remakes. Cause you get like the thing, which is a masterpiece. And then you get the blob, which is another masterpiece. And you get like, Invaders from Mars, The Fly. The Fly, the fly probably being the greatest remake ever made, like hands down. Like I can't think of a better remake. It's just nice being able to revisit these movies that made you Right, and movies. it's nice to not have to watch two of the same crappy film and all that kind of stuff. But like it was or like I mean, it was really nice going from 
Jacob's choice. I think it was Jacob's choice. No, it was, uh, anyways, my, my other stuff on my podcast. And it was just like, I really was like losing my interest in all of the show as a whole. And then you guys brought me on for Wes Anderson. And it was like, I can't think of one Wes Anderson movie that I genuinely hate. Probably his most recent one would be the one I like the least. And I still didn't hate it. I just didn't like it as much. And I liked it more the second time I watched it. I really was turned off. So by it's just it like, it's time. nice to cover a director who you don't dislike. And actually that kind of comes full circle with what you were saying, the contagion, because there's such a huge cast in the French dispatch. And it's like, they don't use yeah, it's any such a of waste. Them. They don't even get, they don't even get two minutes. Some people get like a, a 10 yeah. second scene, which once again, you could find a nice, extra or someone who doesn't get a lot of roles you know fill those smaller roles give them the opportunity you don't want any screen time do you no okay you're in the movie i do think it's funny too because like i looked at imdb and this this always happens where i'm just like scrolling and looking at some of the cast and there will always be a picture of somebody in the cast and their picture is a screenshot from the movie that i'm looking at and I'm like, oh, this must be the guy Sarah who's Lee only Lee. ever been in Contagion and, and nothing else. Uh, I couldn't tell you that guy's name, but there, but there, that guy, there was a That's person. That's really like funny. That. Do you have you? Solaris is still your favorite. I, I think the story is so beautiful, and I think he does such a good job of looking at that story. And like I said before, it's a like three and a half hour long film. There's a lot to digest, but if you want to pull some like core elements out of it and just focus your story down more around those, he was able to do that and make a really solid, cohesive film that was only an hour and a half long out of a three-hour film and still basically retain a lot of like the understanding, but just approaching it differently by utilizing the romance aspect more focused than the uh, science aspects of it. And Chuck, you're still an informant fan. Yeah, it's hard for me to say though. It's your number one song. I think I could go with informant at this point too, though. Informant's like really good. <laughs> it is. It's just such a like. Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot that I would change in that film. Like it's every bit of it is perfect. Oh, there's so not, good. There's not anything bad in that film. Like and and again, that's that's another one. That that is almost a fun one where, like, yeah, you bring up like the casting where he did. It does seem like he had fun with it because it's that's almost the exact opposite. He really only has his one big name with Matt Damon, and then just fills the rest of the movie with like uh, just a bunch of comedians and like character actors, and he just fills it up with Joel all those McHale is people. excellent. Wait, you want to be my movie? I'm not gonna pay you. I was well. like yeah. so nice to see Scott yeah, Bakula. Scott Bakula is like, great in it. It's like, what's at that point? Like, he's been in other things more recently, but I feel like at that point, it was like, where's that guy that was in uh, Quantum Leap? Like, can we put him in this movie? Like, there was a lot of TV actors, get, get like a lot of TV going? comedians, too, like people who don't do a lot of like yeah. film films. I mean, Joel McHale was big for E, his uh, the soup, the yeah. soup. yeah, that, that would have been his big community, thing in community yeah. I guess, kind of around the same time. Like, like, so that was that was a little bit bigger for him, but. Yeah, that's uh, I, I do love that movie. There's just it's one of the funniest, most absurd movies I've ever seen. And it, that still held up that I was glad at least I because I hadn't seen I probably haven't seen Informant or Contagion since they were in theaters. 
and they both came out like within a year of each other. And I, I do think at least, yeah, at least there wasn't a, uh, there wasn't any other type of world changing event that made the informant less enjoyable to watch a second time around yet that you know about. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Not there. There's going to be some, uh, some giant, we definitely uh, have some corn dumb. syrup uh, scandal again that I'm going to be like, oh, well, now I can't watch the informant. No, it's still good. I, my favorite is still kind of a cheat. I, I still think the Nick is the best thing that he's done. I just really enjoy that show, like the execution of that show where you get this wild protagonist that you just can't get in another time period. You, you just can't get that person yeah. anywhere else. And the elements of when he goes in the surgery, it becomes a horror film. It's turn of the century surgery. Oh, okay. It's literally like he's doing experimental surgery for the first time, and he most he almost always <laughs> fails his surgery very <laughs> badly and very violently. But yeah, it's all that like creepy, like you know, if you ever go to a museum and they're like, "Here's the shit that they've actually used on people to help them," you know, I use quotes. Air quotes. That's that movie. And it's probably the best thing that Clive Owen's ever done. I don't think I really want to watch Contagion again. I think I'm a one and done with it. I think it's like I'm glad to have seen it. I don't think it's a bad film. I think you're absolutely correct on the editing and like the cinematography. Like it's all shot very well. I mean, it's a Soderbergh film. That's not an issue for me. And in most of his movies, they're all shot beautifully and edited beautifully that the soundtrack was not very interesting in this one there wasn't a whole lot to it but i think the somber tone kind of it creates that oh like, i love the score i mean there really was there's not really much of a score yeah, that score it's very minimalist cool. yeah so i think it, i think it works for the film i think it pro- progresses it nicely but like it's not anything to like latch on to it's just like there for the the moment kind of thing so bland use of color but i think that the washed out colors are meant to make things look sick and I think that works really well. Like everything's got like a very like washed out tone to it. It didn't have that very warm feeling from yeah. the informant. The informant has a lot of like uh, warm brown tones. Like that whole movie is just full of like warm brown tones, like his clothes and like the way he shoots it and all that kind of stuff. It has a very, that's why I thought that it wasn't a nineties movie was because the, the tones made me think of like early seventies and like, I'm sorry, late seventies, early eighties kind of era. He didn't, uh, he didn't use that urine filter like he did no. for magic Mike. And also too, like he loves his filters. I think out of sight was a good example of like almost going 50, 50. Are you in Florida where it's nice and warm or are we in Chicago? It's Chicago, right? Detroit. It- yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Detroit where we're going to do blue and it's just miserable. But see, that was also like of the era too. Because whenever you shot stuff that was like East Coast, up North, like it always had those like cool blue tones, very like gray and steel and that kind of stuff. But as soon as you go down to like the South, no matter where in the South, it's always like lush greens, bright blue skies. I mean, there's a point in Soderbergh's career, though, where he goes really heavy with filters. It's just like it, like Chuck said, it's magic, Mike. It's just yellow. That that whole film is yellow. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> You'll get the criterion where they're like, we tweaked it. Now the two thousands was a terrible yeah. time for filters though. Like they were filtering the shit. I remember like, remember like everything was blue. They had like the blue filter, like for everything. And then they started doing everything with a green filter. There's all these horror movies that came out in that era that just like are nothing but green filters. Like all the saw movies, 
they're so green filtered. And then like the uh, underworld movies are all blue. You need the green. The green definitely makes the Saw movies look grosser for sure. Because you like your harsher, uh, your like negatives pop more and that kind of stuff too. So I see the logic in it. I think that the underworld movies look like shit though. They could have used more color. They're terrible movies in general. I mean, they had blue werewolves. When you get to that one where it's like in the medieval time period, <laughs> the blue filters are so heavy, like the movie's almost unwatchable. Like it's just all blue. I need, I'm need. i planning on doing a rewatch. There's only five <sighs> of them, and I've only watched two. So it'll be a rewatch slash three movies I've never I love, seen I love that those movies are based on a tabletop RPG that like nobody knows. <laughs> it's like so funny how there's all these movies in Hollywood based on tabletop RPGs that like nobody fucking has ever heard of. Like, um, do you ever see the mutant chronicles with Ron Perlman? It's one of my favorite movies. It's actually nope. really good. It's based on a tabletop RPG. I'm just like, who the fuck ever heard of this game? And I used to play like really obscure tabletop RPGs back in the day. And like never heard of that shit. What about the non uh, obscure ones? Like I, there's a new dungeons and dragons. Yeah, I saw out. that. And I remember, I remember the old one. Oh I think it was on. Well, no, no, no. I'm referring to the old one. There was something online. I think it was James, our old host. He said there was like something that he retweeted or he said about, you know, the some of the best writer or like the best writers are always people that ended up playing D and D. And I'm like, well, then explain the D and D movie, that's please. All day. <laughs> Now some of my campaigns are better than that movie for sure. And then they had like a fucking beholder in it, like being a normal monster. And you're like, you can't do that. Like anybody who knows anything about D and D is going to just like rip this movie apart. You know what? And I don't know anything about it, but it's got that sick ass owl creature that I like. So the, uh, what's his name? Fucking Wayne's brother in it. Like, it's like, what's going on? Wayne's yeah, is it Marlon Wayne's in that one? Yeah, Marlon Wayne's is in that. Yeah. Oh, Wayne's! I I just heard you say Wayne's brother, and I was thinking like Wayne's World. It was no, like Garth? No. What are you talking about? That would have been a hell? better film. I know they're not brothers. I was like, what are you talking about? The Cyberpunk 2077 is based on the tabletop RPG t- Cyberpunk 2020. <laughs> are we going to have to do a, a a month of things that are based off of that? Tabletop would be games? so much fun. <laughs> that would be the best. I'm so here for that. I know exactly what I would pick. Uh, Twister. Obviously. But, yeah. I, I have to say, based off the game Twister, I keep bringing right? it up, but that Cyberpunk Edge Runner TV series on Netflix is one of the best things I've ever seen. It's so good. If you get a chance to watch it, I highly recommend it. Animation's gorgeous. It's done by Trigger, which uh, if you're familiar with... Um, Fuck, I can't think of the series now. They, they, a lot of anime. They do like some of the best anime animation. I love your references. It's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever saw the show Renegade. It's by that guy, uh, Todd uh, Kilmunson. You know him. He does the thing with, uh, you know, the meatball people. <laughs> and the meatball people like, like, ever, yeah, I know it's a pretty obscure thing, but it's based off this tabletop game yeah. from 1972. You didn't play it, but my grandfather had it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Do, do you remember the show Renegade with Lorenzo Lamas on Fox? No, no my mom watched See? that all the time. See, someone knows. I used yep. to watch all that shit. Those weird Fox shows that came on like late at night. Sliders. No, Sliders was good. That was like a Friday show. That was like one of my favorite shows. Jerry O'Connell, like hands down, one of the best shows ever. Yeah. 
uh, no, no, like stuff like uh, Nightman, the guy who's a jazz musician who also is a superhero <laughs> who goes out at night, or Time Tracks with the guy who's got like the <laughs> credit card that has the hologram that would come out of it that's dressed like an old West woman, and he has his key key fob that actually fires a laser. See, here's the thing where you sound exactly like what I, I know I do, but like, I'm just like, <laughs> when you said that, I'm like, it reminds me of those Fox television shows from back in the 90s. I mean, Briscoe County Jr. was technically part of that, and that had, uh, we see, are familiar I with you would that. know that one. Or like when they did that reboot of uh, Knight Rider, and there was the five different Knight Rider cars. It was kind of like Power Rangers meets Knight Rider. There's like a motorcycle and like a boat and like different cars. <laughs> I come from a completely different time period. I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. But if you want, if you really want to recommend something, recommend one thing, not, not too many. I'm, uh, I'm, you lost. That's okay. Of all of those Fox shows, time tracks was my personal favorite. And I wish they would reboot it. I'm like, I could totally be here for another time tracks, but I know they rebooted quantum leap. And I hear that that's absolutely fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. Which is disappointing. They rebooted all the old like '80s shows, and they re they're rebooting all the game yeah, shows really weird. too. I would do fact or fiction. That's what I See, want. I follow animation pretty closely, and and there is a shit ton of like stuff that's coming back that you would not think is coming back. Like I still don't know what's going on with the Daria revival. They got Clone High coming back, but it's going to be like really weird. I know that they're trying. They did. They did Beavis and Butthead. That actually came. I think the King of the Hill one's been canceled. Aqua Teen Hunger Force just had their new movie come out. I think they might be getting another season of that on top of it. Metalocalypse is getting a new movie. Like it's like, let's just make some new shit. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. Yeah. New shit. I'm here for it. New shit. Also, Transformers Seven. You're like, I would watch I'm that. There. <laughs> I watch all the Transformers. <laughs> I like those movies. They are arguably not good films. I'm not going to sit here and say those are good movies. I'm just going to sit here and say I like them. But they are like an exercise in what Bay is good at. You know, that's one of those moments. Those movies are one of those few, few things that exist in the world that kind of like trigger that like childlike. I don't know what the word is. I'm like, dude, it's robots. And they turn into cars. I'm like, how the fuck can I not watch that? I'm like, robots that turn into cars. I'm like, it's two of my favorite things. Well, I don't know if it's a rumor or true, but I thought the next thing that they were doing was Beast Wars. Oh, that would be sick as fuck. I would be so here for that. The actual original Beast Wars animated series, the CG one, the CG looks terrible, but it's done by Mainframe Mm -hmm. Entertainment, the same people who did Reboot. It's a Canadian show. The writing on that show is fucking amazing. It's like some of the best writing I've ever seen. It's a really, really good show if you can get past the animation. Oh, I can because at the time I thought it was top. <laughs> yeah, it looked really animation. good for the moment. <laughs> I mean, that was, I mean, Rainframe Entertainment used to be leaders in CG animation. Like they were top tier. They, Canada are the producers of the very first CG animated television series. It's one of our claims to fame. Reboot, which reboot also the writing on that show is brilliant as well. If you ever get a chance to like really sit down and watch that, there are some great episodes of that. Like the X-Files episode. It's so good. <laughs> You're just like staring at me. <laughs> I don't even know what right? to say. Did you see did you see the Beast Wars 
sequel that they made, The Beast Machines, where it took place on no. um, Cybertron. Cybertron. Yeah, and they still had their animal forms. <laughs> Just like that was my guess. Like, I don't know any other place yeah. that it would, well, Earth, it would happen. Well, Earth or Cybertron, one of the two. That's our Contagion episode. <laughs> I mean, if if you want to tie it all back together, they didn't really they didn't really stick to how often people would be stuck in their damn houses. That video was right where they're like, "Get used to wearing your favorite sweatpants," and I was like, <laughs> "That was one of the few good predictions that was made in that thing." But yeah, in the pandemic, you could watch all and those the things. the time yeah. frame of their pandemic is actually shorter than ours. Because like, what did they get? They only got to like a hundred and was like one hundred and fifty days, something like that. Whereas we did like three years. Yeah. yeah, it's like a new thing. There's like a new variant, so it'll yeah. Never go like away. we're still dealing with it, and we've just kind of accepted that it exists now and live with it more than it is that we cured it and moved on, kind of thing. Well, you had so many people that were like against the vaccination, and and I'm not gonna be told what I can and can't do. And then they die and are not like America. I don't even know where we're at right now, but we were like the worst country. Oh, we were pathetic. I mean, we left the state of Florida because the state of Florida was handling COVID so poorly that we couldn't possibly stay there and feel safe anymore. Like they had our apartment complex. Like they would just send the maintenance people into your house without masks on. And like, we're like, absolutely not. You're not coming in our house like that. And, they didn't care. Nobody in the neighborhood cared. No businesses were closed. Like we were like, is this really happening? Cause the rest of the world's <laughs> over here, like shutting down. You order a pizza. They like open it up, cough on it, put the lid back. And Man, then hand we had it. some of the worst delivery people. They show up without masks all the time. We're just like, God. And then it was like, we had this bar right behind our house. It was like a, you know, biker bar. So they just like, that's another yeah. thing with this movie. There wasn't that many, like, I thought Kate Winslet should have been wearing a mask. Yeah. Actually, it was really funny. Rachel came out and she's like, why isn't she wearing a mask? And I was like, I I don't know. And then she was like, well, that's why she thought. Like there, that, that moment where she's with her number two. I don't know what his name is. I can't remember. And they're walking down the stairs. And she's like, I don't know. I'm going to say Peter. Peter, quit touching your face. <laughs> and it's like funny because it's like that is a real thing. But also it's a respiratory illness that we know so much about these things now whether we want to or not. And that close proximity, just them breathing. I just took that as like a, I feel feel like I just took that as like a, a movie thing of like, well, we're not going to hire all these celebrities to put masks on their face. And then you can't see them for like 90% of the movie. Like, I feel like that's like Matt Damon that like almost like they, they're like, no, Matt Damon's immune. That's why he doesn't (laughs) have to wear a mask, but like his kid always had to wear a mask. They had like the thing that, uh, Dude, Law was in that weird the looking suit. suit this, oh, like, that was great. It almost looked like they did a paper cutout of his head. Like yeah. it went, it could have easily just not been him in that suit. That's what I like took is like, they're like, we're not putting all our celebrities in there. My favorite shot in that film is that shot San Francisco with the hill and it's aiming up at, at him as he's walking down and putting the flyers on the cars with the trash everywhere. It was a really like nice post-apocalyptic scene. It was good. The cinematography in this movie is great, like you said. Or like that girl that's like waiting outside of his apartment and she thinks that he has the shot. And she's, I like the makeup design of what would have been like the foam dried to her face. And the first thing she says is, I think I had a, a seizure. It's like, I, I think I think you did too. 
I just wanted to bring up makeup. Yeah, no. You know, it we talked about everything else. We're going to add some makeup to it. It wasn't that good. I mean, the makeup was good. My Me bringing it up. They looked properly sick. It didn't. It wasn't like a fictitious sick. Like It looked like real illness. They like. I think they just got a water bottle and like sprayed these people down because everyone that you were like, that person's ill, looked like way ill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're, they're got to be sick. Spray them down. Get the glycol. Yeah, they're like, it's the um, Jordan Peele sweating meme, and they're just like, oh yeah, I just it's just a little bit of a cold. It's <laughs> like right. drenched. Uh, where did you watch this? Tubi. Tubi it had commercials. Well, there you go. There's really ruins I, the action. I honestly thought I know because they don't. If you when you watch it on this free stuff, they don't even find a nice place to put the commercials. It's just like, but right here mid mid conversation. There just, was only there four go. commercial breaks in this one. And like the first two happened pretty quickly in succession. And then the final two were like a single ad. So, you know, have, did you try effedupmovies.com? No, I didn't. Cause it's kind of effed up. Yeah. It might be there. You never know. I, I, I don't check that site. I, I know you guys have recommended it to me before. I think there was like one thing that you sent me that I watched on there. I don't think we've ever recommended you recommend it, it constantly. It's never been yeah. brought up. It's there. Chuck agrees. Okay. Two against one. I'm sorry. I have brain issues. <laughs> man, oh man. So, how we're ending our director year is a little bit different for our last director theme. I don't even know how we came upon it. Was it your thought, Chuck? I don't, I don't remember where it came from. That's... But we're doing one-time directors, so we're each picked a movie where the director has only done one movie. I thought you presented the idea, and then I went, is that what we're going to do? And then I actively started looking for my one-time director. It could have come from me, but I don't really remember. That's why I was asking Chuck. <laughs> nope, wasn't me. Well, fuck, then it was me. So that's what we're going to get into. And I think we have quite a different type of variety of films. Oh, yeah. Going to be some interesting stuff next month. And then we're going to go back to something different. I don't know. Well, I think we go back to, we start with the whatever you want to choose movies. And then we kind of go back to more structured format right well yeah we'll do a free-for-all which will be like whatever the hell we want in january and we'll talk more about that in our uh in the episode after this director year is all done but we'll go back to themes i guess unless we decide something different but it's not gonna be straight up directors next year we'll probably have some directors in there though you never know i mean everything was directed by somebody that is true has there been anything directed by like an AI yet? Yeah, the Transformers movies. <laughs> Is that what we're calling Michael Bay? Yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, wait until they have the thing where like now they you type in the what art. you want to see and yeah. you get the AI generated art. Yeah, now you're gonna get the AI generated movie. You're like, give me. A have movie you seen about this. the AI generated script? That is a thing. It's terrible. So I keep seeing stuff. I keep seeing stuff like that where they're like, I, I don't know. I never really did the research, but I just thought that it was made up. Where they'd be like, "This computer read a, a hundred, watched a hundred hours of Batman, and then wrote a Batman yeah, script." They do that. That's yeah. that's legit AI. I mean, I thought somebody no. just with a sense of there's humor a YouTube wrote that. channel that takes the ideas of like a uh, an AI's written whatever. And then it makes like Netflix presents and then it like makes like a faux trailer about the AI's new <laughs> new thing that it wrote. And it's really funny. I'll have to find it for you. Interesting. 
Maybe you read some of them on the podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> that could be a whole segment in itself. An excerpt from an AI written script for at the ending of each episode. I mean, almost any one of them that I've read has been pretty good. But yeah, we're going to move into one-time directors next month. We're doing another week off, I think. Yeah, I think so. And we'll see you in December as we end 2022. I can't believe that this year is done. Surprisingly busy year, all things considered. Went by really quick, though. Yeah, it's flying. And I also think it's going to be interesting because... All the previous years we discussed, we talked about movies that had come out in the theaters. Like we would cover something here, here and there that we thought was interesting, and we didn't do that at all this year. Like I could have easily done, you know, a discussion on the Batman or something, and we yeah. didn't do that. Well, we did do Halloween Kills, or I'm sorry, Halloween Ends. I know that's, but I, I, I don't really consider it because it was like such a long time planned out thing. Where we would literally have whims where it was just like we were all interested in seeing the same movie. So we're like, let's just do an episode on it since we all saw it. That's like, fair. What's the last movie you saw in theaters? Me? Yes. Fuck. What is the last movie I saw in theaters? Pompoco? New. I I I know you saw that in theaters, but what's the newest movie? Bob's Burgers. We did or see something? Bob's Burgers in the theater. Did I see anything after that? I don't know if I did or not. And how about you, Charles? Uh, probably nope. Nope. I think I'm just I go more regularly. I saw Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I'm not I'm not watching that shit anymore. You probably will watch that. Why? Because we did we covered all the Marvel movies up to an extent and we're gonna have to finish no. it at some point. I'll just let Rachel take over for me. We'll never finish it. They'll never stop. No, we won't, but I we went to go see that movie and Steph was like, I don't remember what happened in Black Panther one. And I and we I rewatched it, but she was working. She didn't have time to rewatch it. And I said, honestly, it's not just the movie that happened before it. There's like 40 hours of other movies and television that you you almost at the beginning of that movie. I mean, the movie was pretty good as a standalone movie, but I think they're getting to the point where the Mar Marvel needs to do like a previously on in the beginning of their movies. <laughs> just give us a, a recap of everything that's going to be important in this movie that we're about the to last watch. marvel movie i engaged with was the newest spider-man where they brought all the other spider-mans the spider-man and i only watched that because rachel was like determined to have me watch it with her and hey and i'm really excited about the next spider-man I, I didn't bother I with dr strange across i didn't the spider bother with thor i didn't bother with any of it like i'm done about it's gonna be even better because it's all gonna be your first no. time that you watched it God, those movies are shit. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we could have uh, Rachel replace you for those episodes. If How you really many want. have you covered? Almost all of them up to um, the second Spider-Man, I think. So that means you haven't done like Eternals or... Oh, God. Mm -hmm. See, I hear that Eternals movie is like a fucking absolute piece of shit. So I did watch the Scarlet Witch TV series whatever wandavision i don't think we would do all the shows i did loki I I, well i did most of loki i didn't bother finishing it because i just didn't care oh you gotta finish yeah, it I, it's I good watching it. i stopped caring i like umbrella academy that show's good i never see, watched that one's really it fun. i like that one see that's the thing with the podcast that's why we're like this is the contagion episode and we're all gonna watch contagion because we can all talk about it <laughs> we bring up when we you know wander and it's like, hey, have you seen this? No, no, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. 
It's fine. I think we covered I mean, all these pretty di- well. Well, here's another nice thing. Disney Plus, you'll be able to watch all those oh, Marvel movies. Wakanda Forever will probably be on before the end of the year. See, what I want to talk about is all the Herbie the Love Bug movies. And they're on Disney Plus, I'm I would sure. much rather talk about those. Even the one... Well, you're one-third of the podcast you have. <laughs> Even the one with uh, Lindsay Lohan. To make us watch... The- Which wasn't terrible but it wasn't good either i never watched it just makes me the best herbie movie herbie goes bananas where they literally try to murder herbie and then he crawls out of the ocean it's like the saddest herbie movie ever (laughs) are you are you not familiar with herbie the love bug all of you because i definitely said herbie fully loaded yeah but like are you familiar like have you watched them there you go yes those are good movies (laughs) i don't i don't I, I don't know about Man. That. Some of that old live action Disney is pretty fucking good. We're going to do car movies. You're going to do Herbie Goes Bananas. No, I cover the whole fucking Herbie trilogy. There's like. <laughs> the well, there's three Herbie movies. We all pick trilogies. Chuck's like, Lord of the Rings. You're like, I'm going to do the Herbie right. trilogy. But then, but then the, Lindsay Lohan ruins it with her fourth one, so it's not a trilogy anymore. She can't ruin it. Yeah, anything. it's true. She's such a star. All right, I think we can wrap this this up here. So, I think we're we're pretty wrapped. Although, maybe we should redo the beginning because now that I'm thinking about it, you, you started it, but it's Chuck's episode. This is my Wait, episode. No, it is your episode. Chuck I'm was so the confused. I just wanted to give Chuck two episodes. <laughs> I like know this. he's I better know. than me, but you know, it's fine. I think it was because Chuck's like, I love this yeah. movie, and you were, I never saw this movie before. <laughs> So I was like, oh, this is Chuck's episode. I mean, he did that for Detroit. We didn't judge him then. Oh, I never judged Chuck. (laughs) All right. Do I, Chuck? Exactly. I didn't think so. Anyways, Contagion. Eh, only Lexi liked it. Yeah. No, I recommend it if you've never seen it. It's definitely worth taking a look at. But compared to what we've lived through, it's a little bit harder to watch than just i like this movie recommend it like i'll recommend it if you have seen it but you haven't seen it since that's true too give it a second watch and see if it affects you the same way it did the first time you watched it considering it's like 10 years from the actual events occurring so all right see you guys in two weeks bye bye we'll never say bye we are Cinema Demore. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening. <laughs>